Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. Hi, I'm Chaz Mostert. Hi, I'm Jamie Wincup. Hey, I'm Scott Pipe. Hi, I'm Nick Percat. You are listening to Inside Supercars. All the racing I've done, supercars and, uh, you know, all the GT and drifting and all that kind of stuff, I think it all helps. A lot of seat time and having some good times racing, it's, it's a lot of fun. As long as we don't allow some of the lunatics to um, get the keys, then uh, it'll continue to be at the, um, at the forefront uh, through hard work and diligence, particularly on the part of the team owners and investment by them. From the racetracks across Australia and around the world, here's Inside Supercars. And welcome to Inside Supercars with Craig Lavelle and Tony Whitlock. G'day, Craig. Hey, Tony. As we get ready for another busy week, it seems like we're only racing two weeks ago. It does indeed. It does indeed. Barbagallo, which is a very exciting track, only a short one. Not a lot of corners and very different to Phillip Island and Simmons Plains. And it has many unique characteristics. It has. One of which, of course, is so tight, you know. It is. It's another t- track which is in the in the Simmons Plains vein, where it's a very short lap. It's very easy to get yourself behind and significantly behind, like down a lap, if things don't go well for you down pit lane. And uh, if the strategy doesn't work out, well, then it can uh, really cost you dearly. However, if you're brave, as we saw Craig Lowndes and Ludo last year, if you're brave, it can come out with spectacular results. So this weekend it's race seven and eight of the championship, along with uh, GTs. It's the sprint round of the GTs, and this weekend I think there are going to be 20 of their cars, and it's a wonderful array of uh, great exotic materials, and McLarens and Mercedes and Audis. 20 of them, Formula 4 and Aussie race cars, along with the stadium trucks making another appearance. But one of the things that's unique about um, the West Australian track, which is for 40 times... It has been part of the Australian Touring Car Championship, which, of course, is what uh, Supercars is. Forty times. Only Simmons Plains and Sandown have had the uh, championship more often. Yeah, and we do know that there's a uh, use-by date on Sandown, so... uh... Yeah, yeah. But uh, the interesting thing is that PRA drivers, including Cam Waters, who made his uh, inaugural uh, pole position there last year, the, the three drivers, as well as Jason Bright... Three drivers have the last five pole positions at Barbagallo. So that team obviously has great great speed there. Mm, and, of course, we're speaking to Cam a bit later in the show. We will indeed, Cam as well as Tim Slade. So on the agenda this week is Barbagallo, Newcastle. On Saturday it was a uh, preview with a promotional day, a community day at the new Newcastle Street Circuit. Enormous turnout there, so that's fantastic. And one of the most interesting developments that uh, has only just shown up, I think it was the Australian Financial Review uh, you forwarded to me, Craig, that SEL are back looking around. Yeah, it was an interesting story and uh, one we're certainly going to follow up over the next couple of weeks and months as the, uh, the shopping around of supercars by Archer Capital continues. Yeah, SEL, of course, was the company that uh, James Erskine and Tony Cochran and Basil Scafidi started up when they left IMG and SEL, Sports Entertainment Limited, was the parent company in, in many ways of Avesco and uh, it was certainly there at the foundation of 
supercars, and uh, it's going to be an interesting development. Mm. Anyway, we're going to be talking today to Cam Waters and Tim Slade, so after the break, we'll come back and talk with Cam and the scene of his first poll. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Facebook page, and to ask a question, email insiders at sportradio.com. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Still a bit in shock. Uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks, everyone. Dissecting the sport with interviews, news and opinion. Got to put money back into the sport at the lower levels to develop the kids and bring them up. You can't rely upon good luck for Daniel Ricciardo's old man to have found a few mates that tip some money in and send him overseas. There actually needs to be a structure. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Chaz Mostert. Hi, I'm Michael Caruso, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. And welcome to Inside Supercars. It's Cam Waters, a PRA driver, car number six. Cam, say hello to Craig Ravel. Hey, buddy, how are you? Not too bad, Cam. It's uh, great to have you on the show and, well, looking forward to finding out a bit more about your thoughts on the Supercar Series. First of all, uh, mate, where and when did you get started in motorsport? What was your first intro to it? Yeah, so um, as a young tacker, I used to go to the Speedway with um, with mum and brother and dad and watch dad race Speedway and, I guess, growing up around motorsport, it um, makes you want to do it yourself. And, yeah, when I turned six, dad went out and brought me my first go-kart and, Wow. It all just went from there, really. And what did he he race? So he raced a um a modified production. So um, that's a class in speedway. Did a bit of circuit boats, um, go kart, kind of a little bit of everything. So um, yeah, growing up watching it, I was kind of doomed. I was always going to do it. And this is up Mildura Way. Yeah, so he raced the speedway um, all across Australia, but yeah, obviously based out of Mildura. Um, so, yeah, there was lots of speedway and motorsport up there, so that's kind of where it all started. Can right. you remember so really a time when you weren't working on a car? Sorry, what was that, mate? Can you remember a time when you weren't working on a car? Um, not really. So I remember, I think I was probably four or five. I was standing under Dad's race car, um, helping him, yeah, obviously build it, and um, actually a bit of steel hit me in the head that, that day, and... Uh, yeah, so as a, as a young tacker, I was I was involved. So um, yeah, always with the with the motorsport. And your father's in the uh, the business, isn't he? In hydraulics. Yeah, so um, mum and dad have got a NZ franchise, um, and they also do uh, forklifts as well. So Linda forklifts, and um, yeah, so growing up, I was always down at work um, with them, helping them uh, make hoses or whatever they needed me to do, and. Um, that kind of gave me a bit of pocket money as well to kind of help my racing. Right, so you then went to uh, go-karts and you're doing state series and then national? Yeah, so, yeah, just started go-karts in um, in Mildura doing club-level stuff and then um, travelled a little bit interstate and then I did probably five years of serious go-karting stuff. So, um, um, yeah, it all kind of went from there, really. And, and then it was the jump up to Sonic and Formula Ford, or did you do your own Formula Ford to start with? Yeah, so um, we went out and brought a, a Formula V, a 1600. Oh, right. Um, we, we prepped that ourselves, ran it um, Victorian State Series and a little bit of South Australia. So I only did that for probably six months, um, sold it, brought a Formula Ford, did a similar thing, running it ourselves, just out of Mildura with um, Dad and my brother's help, and um, 
like it was 2010, I got the call up to help uh, drive one of Sonic's cars in the national series, and yep, um, yeah, it's kind of how it how it all um, took off. We kind of ran the car because it was a bit cheaper, but didn't really have that technical support. So when I went to Sonic, that was a real big step forward for me. I think that's when I first met you. In fact, when I was um, through Mick and Maria, I've known them for a long time, and. Um, they've been involved in a, an awful lot of uh, drivers who've climbed the, the ladder very successfully. Yeah, they've yeah, got a massive list. So um, that was a pretty big part of my career, really. And um, yeah, Mick kind of taught me a fair bit of the the, um, the racecraft stuff and how to drive a race car. And um, so many people have gone through his team um, and made it. So yeah, it's cool to be part of that and um, really glad that I drove for them. Obviously, your father is one of the big influences in your life, and Mick would be one of the other ones early on. Yeah, 100%. So um, my parents and my brother uh, were massive. So um, my brother was almost like a second father to me because he was he's 13 years or 12 years older than me. So um, one weekend, Dad would take me away. The next one, my brother would. Oh, right. Um, so, yeah, Jared had a massive part of it. And then, obviously... Um, Mick and Marie Ritter um, with the former Ford stuff. Right. So then your next big break came when you were in the Shannons. Yeah, so um, end of our former Ford championship winning year, did the supercar showdown. Um, yep. Bloody a young pup back then. And, what um, year was didn't that? Really know. That was 2011. Wow, right. Um, and yeah, didn't really know what to expect and... <laughs> managed to get through it somehow, win it and get a drive at Bathurst and I was so um, kind of green to the V8 scene I didn't really know what to expect but yeah, got there um, did it, learnt so much didn't go that well in the car I actually crashed it but um, yeah, learnt so much, so it was a really cool opportunity Was it unrealistic to say someone with a very short background like that to go to the biggest race of the year? Was was the prize? Whilst it was a fantastic prize, was was it just unrealistic to expect they could pick someone who'd only done, you know, the cup, the won the Formula Ford Championship and gone straight to the biggest? Um, I don't think so. I still did a pretty good job. Like after I did crash, um, I went out and did a double stint and wasn't really that far off Grant Daniel and um, the pace really. So um, back then the car, the car that we drove. Um, it was sound, but it wasn't competitive by any means. And um, yeah, I think I did a pretty good job for how much experience and stuff I had. But um, yeah, I don't think it was unrealistic for the for the show to pick someone that green. Was that year the year of your McPhillamy spin? Yeah, yep. So right. that was well, that's, the, that's the famous the first spin. time that you sort of. I feel you showed your, yourself uh, and uh, your capabilities. It was the same place where Greg Murphy backed into the wall. You just spun and kept on going. And when the uh, car, when you drove back to the pits, the crew were saying, how come you're two or three seconds down your time? They didn't see it at all. It was only when a member of the public came and showed you that clip, wasn't it? Yeah, I just um, I remember doing it. And pretty big moment looking back on it now. But at the time, <laughs> I didn't actually think that much of it. And... Oh, I remember, I was talking to you about it. <laughs> yeah, and I got on the radio and I'm like, oh, i got to pick guys, i got a flat spot. Um, and I just thought I'd like to break and they put the tyres off and all four had massive flat spots and I had no <laughs> idea what happened. So, 
it was only until a punter come running down the mountain with its video, which I, which I got busted with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So from there, you went into the um, development series. Yeah, so that the following year, after winning the former Ford series, I stepped up into the Dunlop series, and um, yeah, that was a pretty challenging year. Didn't really... I learned a lot, um, didn't get the best results and um, ran out of money halfway through that year. So that was that was a real challenging year. Um, but finished that year, we're doing a little bit of V8 Super Tours over in New Zealand and, um, yeah, probably learned more doing that, to be honest, than doing that for Dunlop Tours that year. I imagine it's that whole learning a new car, learning new tracks, it just challenges the whole time. Yeah, the, the V8's a different to the, the former fourth that I raced and having a roof over your head heavy car a lot more power um, you had to change yourself quite a lot and um, the supercar stuff you need to be in a top level team and have the best car um, and best engineers to, to do well and I was probably a little bit under prepared I guess for that first year to do that um, but saying that I don't think if I went into the best team I would have one anyway so um yeah it was a challenging year but learned me a lot i learned a lot from it and um probably helped set up my next few years in the dunlop series of where i wanted to do it wanted to go and wanted to do you certainly had a, a you know not a rapid but a good learning curve there going through and then started your winning um which obviously was a terrific uh, sensation to be on the top of the podium on a regular basis yeah, so the following year we stepped up with Minda Motorsport and um, that was a very sound car. Um, probably wasn't the best car, but it was sound and I could probably prove that I did have some ability and I was running the 10 fairly regularly and then that probably set me up for my drive at SPR and um, from then on it yeah, kind of snowballed and started getting some really good results and um, yeah, won it in, in 2015. One of the things that I know we talked about early in 2015 was the whole goal was to show consistency and no mistakes, and, and that's what you were really able to put together in that championship year. Yeah, 100%. So 14, I was um, I was pretty quick, no doubt. Got heaps of poles and um, made a couple of mistakes. And uh, by the end of the year, I come second, but it wasn't that many points behind, and um, I had a lot of mistakes, so... Uh, wasn't mistakes just on my behalf. The team had a couple as well. Um, so that just showed to us that we needed to work on our consistency. And, um, yeah, we did that the following year. My goal was to go out, um, win every race and pole everything. So um, I gave it a pretty good shot. I think I won nine races in a row or something. And, yeah, um, showed that I had the consistency and the ability to win. And, yeah, lucky I won it. And, um, yeah, that was a massive massive good thing for, for my career. The 2014-2015 Dunlop Series years, they are considered some of the best in the second-tier series, aren't they? Yeah, so those two years, um, you had Ash Walsh, PD. Um, they were always kind of on the money. And uh, if you're beating PD, you know you're, you're going well. He's obviously won racing in the main game, and he's a co-driver with Jamie. So it was, that was the goal, beat him and... Um, yeah, 15, definitely proved that I could, and that's probably helped me to get my seat in the main series, to be honest. 
Cam, I usually take um, people to task when they start saying I was pretty lucky. I, I don't consider that for a second. It's good management, not good luck, that got you those wins, that got you that championship, that got you into a PRA car. It's the good management, whether it's on track or off track, that's done it. Don't please, don't belittle your own efforts, all right? <laughs> I mean that seriously. Too often yeah, yeah. people say I was oh, lucky. 100%. Um, yeah. You, so you know damn well how hard you worked at it. Yeah, 100%. So uh, so many people put effort in. Um, parents, uh, family, friends, Chris Jewell, my manager, um, yep. everyone. So, yeah, to, to win that, it was good for good result for everyone. Mm. You got to PRA, and that was interesting because you, you jumped into the Monster car, and Monster was in a transition at the time. They were about to become part of Coca-Cola, and, of course, your other teammates in the team were very heavy entrenched in the PepsiCo camp. Yeah, it was um, yeah, it was a weird year. So one year I drove for Pepsi with Schweppes, and then the next year it was Monster with Coke. So um, that's okay. Monster come on board, and they've been an awesome supporter and sponsor for me. And um, yeah, that was that was pretty big unknown when they signed me up. We didn't have a sponsor for that car, and yeah, we we're pretty fortunate to land Monster. So you've now been in the same team for three years, is it? This is your third year. Uh, this is my fourth year with Rosa. So, you know, I mean, when you started in the main game, you, you're obviously in familiar surroundings, you know all the people and everything's, you know, pretty familiar as to what it is and what you're doing. That must make it a lot easier to have done that transition. Yeah, 100%. So it's um, it's good to know all the people around you, your surroundings. Going to another team for my first year would have been a lot harder um, just because you've got to learn all those new faces, how people work and everything. So... Um, yeah, last year was a lot easier doing it with ProDrive, and um, yeah, the results were were good, but um, pretty inconsistent. So that made it hard. But um, yeah, knowing everyone, being a ProDrive, and that continuity really helped. You've now got the oldest driver in the series, in Jason. Um, he must be uh, valuable to you, though, because he is so experienced. Yeah, him and um, Frosty are probably pretty similar. They, they've got so much experience. Um, yeah, Frosty's been in our team for, for so long now, and Jason once was at our team, gone away, come back. Yeah. So his, his um, skill set and the way he goes about it is a little bit different to Frosty just because he's been at another team. Yeah. But yeah, having those um, old wise heads are uh, definitely beneficial for myself and Chaz, to be honest. And we'll continue our chat with Cam after the break. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. And, you know, every, every year I see Jackie's tour at the Grand Prix and I just remind myself... Of, of his part in, in starting the, the path to safer cars. Dissecting the sport with interviews, news and opinion. Jack Brabham certainly left his mark not only on Australian motorsport but motorsport all around the world. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au Hi, I'm Todd Kelly. Hi, I'm Fabian Coulthard and you're listening to Inside Supercars. 
And welcome back to Inside Supercars with Craig Ravel and Cam Waters is continues on and telling us his tales of Barbagello and his career. Now, Brad Wishukin, I can't pronounce his last name either. but Wishukin. You're working with him. How do you find he is with you? Does he... Yeah, he's, um, he's, he's awesome. So he's um, obviously new for me this year. He's been with Dave Reynolds and Chaz and um, so far we've been working really, really good together and... Um, kind of worked out last year what I lacked and what the car lacked and we're kind of going about it that way and um, yeah so far we've kind of done our own thing with our car and so far it's been it's been really good. You got yourself a, a bit of a reputation when you moved up into the main game full-time of being a, a rookie who didn't want to give an inch. Yeah 100% it's um, I guess growing up watching the V8 to see rookies come in and um, they get walked all over and that was one thing that I definitely didn't want to happen. And um, if you do it, and but you do it fair, you kind of get the respect a little bit quicker from the other guys. And um, I think I've done that, and I think I've probably stopped a little bit of the the stuff of them running into me as well. So um, yeah, it's it's been okay. I wouldn't have done it any different looking back on it. Now, Philip Island was the worst of your results this year, both in qualifying and in the races. But you had some highs before that, uh, both Adelaide, Albert Park, um, Simmons. You didn't get involved in the crashes, did you? you... No, uh, Philip Island, yeah, it was okay for us pace-wise. Um, it was probably one of the best qualifyings, actually, um, the seventh and the fifth. But um, the tyre explosions on the Saturday really hurt Oh, me. right, and, yeah, yeah, um, sorry. And uh, uh, Sunday, I had to double stack twice. So any time you double stack... Um, it's a long old day, but yeah, to come back to six is yeah, really good result and um, a good salvage, really. So um, yeah, it just shows like this year so far, I've been a lot more consistent, um, getting in the car a lot more happier and a lot, lot more confidence now. So um, yeah, it's probably showing that. You're sitting seventh in the championship, uh, 141 points behind Fabian, but uh, importantly, you copped 35 points there. What was that for? A 35-point yeah, penalty, um, I should say. Yeah, so um, I had a incident at uh, Turn 1 with um, Dave Reynolds at, uh, in Race 1. Uh, so just the exit of it, he there was overlap, and I didn't give him enough room. Um, I just didn't think he was there, so didn't give him any room because I didn't think there was a car there. And um, obviously looking back on it, there he was there and um, yeah, drove him off the road. So, um, yeah, caught the penalty for it, copped it on the chin, it was my mistake, and yeah, sent Dave a message to apologise. So um, that's racing. Sometimes that stuff happens. You just got to move on. Did you spend a lot of time pre-season getting comfortable physically in the car? To, you know, making it your environment. Um, I haven't done a lot with um, seating positions or, or any of that stuff, but I did a lot in the pre, uh, pre-season with my fitness stuff. Um, right. And yeah, going overseas to see driver coaches and a few little bits and pieces like oh, that. It's Rob so, Wilson, isn't it? Yeah, I went and saw Rob Wilson over there. So that was um, that was really really cool. Um, you know, who the first Australian V8 driver to go and see Rob Wilson was. Uh, I'd be stabbing at the dark, but no, tell me. It was Paul Dumbrell. Yeah, and okay. it, yep. it's back. You know, ten years ago at least. I remember it vividly. He told me about it. I'd been friends since when Paul arrived in V8s 
as a Xavier schoolboy. I remember him flying into Simmons Plains in his school uniform. Um, he was uh, his father was uh, an ex co-driver with uh, Gary Dumbrell with uh, John Faulkner, and John's a very yeah. good friend of mine, and got to know Paul as a result. And when uh, Paul went over to see Rob Wilson. He'd been getting a lot of stick because he was obviously only very young in the series. Yeah. And a lot of drivers were very disparaging of him going and seeing Rob Wilson. And no one, none of them had bothered to actually find out who this guy Rob Wilson was. He's a New Zealander, as you well know, um, who's been in England a long time, and his list of drivers is you know, <laughs> pretty extraordinary, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's massive. So, um, yeah, I was over there talking to him and um, we were just talking about bits and pieces and who he's got booked in. And uh, the next week was Austin Dillon. Uh, the NASCAR yeah. driver the week after was Danny Kvyat. Um, yeah. and the list was unreal. So yeah. lots of um, current uh, world-class drivers still seeing yeah, so. yeah. And the interesting thing is, of course, it's not about driving a racing car, is it? It's just driving a car and going through the fundamentals of it. Oh, 100%. So we'll drive in a... Um, I think it was a Vauxhall, like a Holden Astra around the yes, track. Yes. It was no race car. It was pretty stock. And, um, yeah, it just opens your eyes on what you actually do in the car, really, and how much you influence it. Rob actually has a connection with Australia in that he drove with Ron Toronek back in the oh. uh, 1980s. Um, yeah, yeah, so uh, I, I've met him a couple of times through Larry Perkins, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I you know can see immediately why drivers go go through that process, and it is sort of quite strange when all these other sports, you know, there are coaches everywhere, back coaches, front coaches, netball coaches, tennis, the whole thing, and yet you know there haven't been that many in the way of motor racing. Yeah, no, motor racing don't really have coaches. I guess the only coach we have is our engineers, and they're just really to get the car to go faster so um yeah 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 for me it was good it was a massive opener and um i, re- I want to go back over there if i can so um yeah there are, so there far are a couple of this gaps year, there in the year yeah there's a couple of gaps i've already seen so yeah um i'll just see how i'm going and if i can fit one in i will now you Maybe. come from speedway stock has there been anything that's interested you to go through the summer? Of course, uh, in the Super 2 Series, Gary Jacobson runs uh, his sprint cars uh, across, well, across the country. But uh, what about yourself? Have you ever wanted to, you know, hang it out sideways? Yeah, I've actually, um, I did a couple of years in a late model. Um, so I ran my own car and won a few races. I actually won the SA Championship, so that was cool. But at the moment, I've actually been racing a um, modified production, so it's what my dad used to race um so yeah i love speedway um want to do as much of it as i can um but obviously i can't get in the way of my v8 commitments but um yeah i love it actually race on the weekend of the nationals and finish fourth <laughs> wonderful well done well done and tell me um this year are you enjoying a you know return to the longer formats um yeah i guess i hadn't really done that much of the shorter stuff but um yeah, so far this year, um, I'm really enjoying the, the racing and um, I guess the longer races, the strategy plays a bit more of a part of it and um, mixes it up a little bit more. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Where do you see this year going? I mean, obviously, a top 10 is certainly achievable for you. Yeah. Oh, for me, my goals, they always change, really, depending on what how you're going. Um, yep. But going into the year, I wanted to finish inside the top 10. 
um, get a pole and win a race. So that's another um, pole. That's, you got one last year. Yeah, yeah, I got one last year, but I want to get another one. And <laughs> if I can um, do all that, be consistent, I think I'll be um, pretty happy at the end of the year. Yeah. And and you're driving with in the Kurtek uh, Cup with who? Uh, I got Richie Sunaway this year. So, um, oh, right. Yeah, really excited to be driving with him. Uh, he's obviously done a lot overseas with GP2 and all the different bits and pieces. So um, he come come out last year and drove the super black car and um, did a really good job. So, yeah, really excited to get him back in the car. Yes, there was a time in the race when he was actually putting in some of the fastest laps. Yeah, he he um, opened a lot of people's eyes. So, um yeah. Sandown, he was he was really strong and well you um, you've seen firsthand when you went over and did the New Zealand tour, Super Tours that there are a good number of uh, very talented drivers over there. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So um, yeah, they're they're really good drivers, obviously, and they're currently leading our championship, the New Zealanders. And um, yeah, Richie is a good little steerer. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. And have you aspirations overseas? Um. Yeah, don't really have any to be honest. Um, right. I, I really like watching NASCAR, but uh, that's pretty big to go over there and, and try and race that. So for me now, it's just keep racing in Australia and try and win here first. And uh, so next weekend you've got Barbagallo. Um, yep. You, it's a, a very different track yet again from Phillip Island. Yeah. Did you enjoy it last year? Yeah, I loved it last year. Got my first pole there. So oh right, of course, yes. That was that was that was really cool. Um, we didn't really have the race pace. We struggled with tyre life, but saying that we've come a long way with the cars since then. So, um, yeah, really excited to get to Perth, try a few new things with the car. Um, yeah, continue to um, hopefully develop it with Brad, and hopefully we can get it up on the front row. Mark was experiencing some brake problems did you, earlier this year. Did you have any of those? Um, I did have it, but nowhere near as bad as his. Um, right. So, yeah, he's he's on top of it now and, and going well, and um, yep. yeah, we solved that problem with all our cars. Yeah, and uh, and of course, Barbagallo is certainly one of those tracks where you you need a good brake package. Yeah, it's, um, you need a good brake package, and you need pretty good drive to yeah. look after the tyres. So. Yes. Um, yeah, hopefully we can build that into our cars and they go okay. And your your year this year, is there anything else you've got on outside the driving for PRA? Uh, no, nah, nothing else. Just the um, speedway stuff when I can fit it in, and yeah, obviously the the main game stuff um, as priority. So yeah, that's it at the moment. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time, Cam. I wish you best of luck in the uh, this weekend coming. Uh, you probably get a bit of better weather over there too. Yeah, so thanks for having me, and um, yeah, hopefully it doesn't rain too much. Or actually, probably hope it does. Soon as I got the pole last year in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> I think actually it's going to be uh, high twenties. Oh, okay, yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be good. Yeah, I'll have to take yeah. the uh, songs. Yeah, indeed, do that. Thanks, Gab. Thanks, mate. And after the break, we'll come back with Tim Slade talking about 
what's happened in his development and getting to where he is now with BJR and what's going to go on this weekend Barbagello. It'll be interesting to find out. So after the break, we'll back with Tim Slade. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. This year in Formula 3, I think it's a fantastic environment for me to be doing that. However, I believe for myself uh, a sustainable career in tin tops such as Fiat Supercars in Australia there is where I see myself. Second crack at the Australian Tiles since we've been back and a bit unlucky the first time that we end up with a win there at Speedway City uh, two weeks ago. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Craig Lance. Hi, I'm Dale Wood and you're listening to Supercars Today. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. We're here with Tim Slade. Afternoon, Tim. Good afternoon. Craig Ravel and I just like to chat in here and you share your... A little bit of your recent history. Tell us about the last few years. Uh, yeah, well, I guess um, up until last year, it uh, was a pretty rocky um, last few years. Uh, Erebus was was tough, just given that um, you know we, we went into the year with uh, underdeveloped cars. So yeah, particularly the first half of that year was was extremely tough, and we ended up getting some decent results and then, um, yeah, I moved on to Walkinshaw and, um, yeah, I mean, we still had some decent results there, a few podiums, but far too inconsistent. So, um, yeah, I guess as, a, as it turned out, they uh, went back to two cars and uh, a pretty good opportunity came up to to join um, Brad and Kim and, and everyone at BJR. So, uh, yeah, it's been, um, yeah, pretty amazing, to be honest. Uh, it's probably the... The happiest I've ever been in my career, and um, yeah, they're they're an awesome bunch of people to work for. They would be very similar to uh, how you've done your motorsport. They, you know, they're great enthusiasts. They have great passion for it. I know you and your father. You know, he used to work quite closely with you when you were running your own car. Um, obviously, the Joneses sort of fit that same sort of mould for you. Yeah, they do. Um, yeah, I guess. That's that's probably a, a big reason why I feel as though I fit so well in the team, um, and also you know I have a, a great relationship with with Brad and Kim. So um, yeah, I guess it's a it's a pretty cool uh, feeling to know that you have a hundred percent support and, and backing from everyone within the team, which is really what lets you get uh, you know a hundred percent out of yourself. So. Um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very comfortable there. They're, they're straight shooters. Um, there's no, uh, no BS. Um, and, you know, they just tell it how it is. So that's, I guess, the way I, I like working relationships to be. And what have been the, the people who've been the big influence in your career? Uh, well, yeah, well, to start, I guess, like, like a lot of uh, blokes out there, um, you know, it started with Dad. He sort of originally, um, you know, bought, bought me my first go-kart and we travelled the countryside racing go-karts for eight years and then former Ford and then, uh, yeah, my my own DVS team, Slade Speed. Um, and then I guess from there it was, was James Rosenberg who's been a, a massive influence on my career as well and definitely, um, you know, without James I, I wouldn't be able to, to get to where I am now. Um, you know, Paul Morris helped, helped along the way and... Um, well, even before that, I, I probably forgot about uh, the Ritters, Mick and Maria Ritter from uh, from Sonic. I worked and raced at, uh, at Sonic Motor Racing in Melbourne for 
well, two or three years, and learn a lot from um, from Mick. So um, yeah, that was that was pretty handy at the time. Um, so yeah, they're, they're probably, I guess ones. Uh, I guess there's yeah, there's been lots of uh, help and support from from people along the way. Well, so. Different quarters, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people on the grid beside you and amongst those 26 drivers who share very similar links along the way. You know, not only with Paul Morris, but Mick and Maria Ritter. You know, I can think of Win Cup and uh, Will Davison and, and others, Dave Reynolds. I mean, the enormous number of people who have been influenced by Mick and Maria. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's, it's actually quite funny in, um, you know, I guess the current situation at BGR, like you know, the, the way I went through Sonic, um, I guess Nick basically mirrored that um, a couple of years later as far as working working there and racing there. So um, he did, you know, very similar thing uh, to me. And then Blanchard and I were actually teammates in, in 2006 yeah. there. So, yeah, it's, it's quite funny the way it all pans out. It's almost a line you can follow, your parallels, you know, sort of thing. Okay, yeah. well, this weekend, I mean, your, your team already this year has shown enormous resilience in bouncing back from some big shunts and big damage. Uh, and showing just all the skill and the de- dedication they have in getting the cars on the grid for Phillip Island after Simmons Plains and the Albert Park uh, for Percat's car. Um, you're getting ready to go to Perth. It's a circuit that uh, it's a unique circuit for for your cars. Yeah, it, it is. I guess you know every every circuit. Um, yeah, Perth's no different. It's a, a track that I enjoy it's only little but it's um got quite a good mix of everything high speed low speed undulation um you know it's got corners there that are you know purely unique to to perth so um yeah it's it's quite uh quite low grip um abrasive surface so we always tend to see pretty good racing there with the with the level of degradation that you get and the different strategies that come into play so um, for BJR, it's been not too bad there over the years. They've um, had some trophies, and, and Bridie won there, um, yeah, well, a few years ago now. So last year we didn't have amazing speed, but it was obviously um, early on in the year and early on in um, you know a new relationship. So we we're still sort of working the, um, the the little bits and pieces out. So we're definitely in a much better position this year, and I think our cars tend to suit the. Um, the, the super soft tyre relatively well also. So hopefully we can, um, you know, have, I guess, speed good enough that, that puts us sort of solidly inside the top 10. And I think our race car is quite good. Generally sort of looks after its tyres pretty well, which is which is what you need around that place. Um, you know, the weather also looks like being on the, on the warmer side as well. So hopefully that, um, I guess, plays into our hands. Finished last year's championship in eighth place. You're currently sitting 13th. You know, obviously, um, you've had uh, some results there that, that you know took you back from where you were probably going to end up. Um, where would your your pass mark be for this year? Oh, uh, I mean, I'm, yeah. I mean, I've never really been one to set super specific goals. So, um, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely want to be uh, inside the top 10. Um, well, I guess you know the obvious goal for everyone is to, to be winning races and winning the championship. So um, you know it's tougher, tougher than ever. It always gets sort of tougher year after year. So I guess the goals are probably pretty similar to last year. Just make sure we're consistently inside the top ten, top ten in the championship, and you know obviously we want to uh, win as many races and be up on the podium as, as much as possible. So 
I guess, you know, it's very, very early days at the moment. We're, we're 13th, but we took a bit of a hit at Phillip Island just with, um, I guess, well, two things that happened, sort of taken out of a top four, top five position on the Saturday towards the end of the race, and then we just caught out, got caught out by a strategy on Sunday, which, yeah, after running sort of top six all day, we, we finished nowhere. So, um, yeah, like I said, early days, there's plenty of races to bounce back. We just need, um, you know, good, consistent speed, and the championship will take care of itself. How's your relationship with Julian? What was that, sorry? How's the relationship with uh, Julian going? Good. No dramas. What's he like to work with? How have, you've ha- how have you been able to manage this relationship compared to other relationships with engineers? Um, yeah, I mean, Julian's a um, good guy. He's he, uh, very smart, like uh, you know, a lot of the guys at our team. So, um, yeah, there's been, been no issues uh, you know, getting that relationship to form, just always you know takes that that little bit of time to to get it together as any new relationship does well we know that you can certainly capable of taking pole positions and winning races um we hope that at bjr you're going to be able to do that um are there uh, expectations um beyond uh barbagallo in terms of the uh, favorite tracks you're going to uh, somewhere that you look forward to or well, queensland raceway of course is one that you did extremely well at uh, yeah, I mean, we had some good results there back at SBR, but um, the BJR cars, for whatever reason, tend to, to love the, the high-grip tracks. So, um, you know, obviously, Winton last year was um, was an amazing weekend for us. Uh, the track had just been resurfaced, and, you know, the, the car loves it. Same at uh, Darwin and Bathurst. So, um, yeah, I guess they're the, they're the places to look out for us if we, uh, if we knew... What would make it better at the the opposite style of tracks? We'd, we'd definitely be doing it. So I guess that's the the uh, million dollar question for us at the moment. Mm. In getting that consistency from track to track is, is probably you know the, the opposite tracks to um, to the high grip stuff. Do you expect at Perth this weekend the new construction tyre is going to lend itself to a lot faster times, or do you think just by the nature of the circuit and the, all the sand? It's going to be about the same lap speed as as what we've been seeing, uh, and about the same drop off as what we've been seeing since its refurbishment. Uh, no, I'd, I'd say yeah. From what what you've seen um, with lap time differences so far this year to last year, it's it's going to be the same at Perth, and I'd say the degradation is is probably going to be pretty similar. Also, Tim, it was fantastic to uh, talk to you about uh, this, and we. Look forward to reviewing the, the weekend and hope that uh, you can get that turnaround of a track such as Barbagallo. But you've got those other tracks that are looming pretty quickly uh, ahead. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully, um, you know, we've shown plenty of um, promise so far this year. And we, we've had some solid results, but um, not, not exactly the results we want. So, we, yes, yeah, it's a matter of putting it all together and... Um, yeah, I guess a few things uh, swinging in our direction and get some good results at Perth and then go to the tracks that we know our, our car has traditionally been good at. So, uh, obviously, uh, looking forward to it all. So, thanks again, Tim, for visiting us here on uh, Inside Supercars and please pass on uh, my regards to James Rosenberg and uh, catch up with you again soon. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Tim, for your insight into your life, your driving life and time with BJR and preparing for Barbagello. After the break, we'll come back with our final thoughts. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. And, you know, every, every year I see Jackie's Grand Prix and I just remind myself 
of, of his part in, in starting the, the path to safer cars. Dissecting the sport with interviews, news and opinion. Jack Brabham certainly left his mark not only on Australian motorsport but motorsport all around the world. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. Craig, your final thoughts looking back as we prepare for Barbara Yellow. Yeah, well, my final thought isn't who's going to win. Craig Lowndes is my tip, uh, at least one of the races. But uh, my final thought is that uh, a lot of talk about paddle shifts. I know Speed Cafe had uh, a great story saying Roland was uh, going to uh, push heavily for that and uh, driver safety. We're talking about the leg impacts around uh, around drivers getting and hitting the brake shifter. And uh, I certainly see some advantages for that. But I've got a bit of a Luddite theory, Tony, when we've got some time in the, uh, certainly in the winter break, to talk about this Luddite idea I have for us. And it, it harkens to uh, NASCAR. How about we go to a race and we say you can practice, you can qualify with all the telemetry you like, but when it comes to race time, you can have the lap time, the three sectors and the tyre pressures and everything else is turned off and your engineer, he can work out everything on a piece of paper or on his uh, Excel spreadsheet and his head. And I actually think that's got a better chance of promoting some very interesting strategies because at the moment, when everyone's got every computer screen telling them pretty much exactly the same thing, they don't want to uh, go for anything too radical. And that's why uh, Ludo and and Lounsey last year pulled off such a uh, fantastic win. Um, Like I said, I'll put it on the agenda for when we're not as busy in the heat of the uh, two-week race cycle. And of course, you'll be issuing blackboards and chalk to every every team uh, to do that. Uh, well, wouldn't that work. wouldn't that be more interesting when you go up to uh, the engineers, saying how are you working on this, and they're actually going to be working on something. They're just yeah, not indeed, going to have indeed. data engineers looking at everything, and you know, like a NASA like a NASA uh, control centre where you've got fifteen people in a back room providing information to three who gives it to mission control. I think well, it'd be well, uh, much better. And look, let's face it, someone like Paul Morris would then really start to earn a fair income because he's the type of person that can do a lot of that maths in his head and is always willing to roll the dice. I'm sure there'd be a good number of engineers who would love the challenge of doing that. Mm. My final thought is uh, revolves around the Saturday's promo day at Newcastle. I spent three days in Newcastle, never spent as long before, last December, Thoroughly enjoyed the city. I've never been in a city that needed more paint than uh, than that one did. That it's just looking a bit tired. But I can understand and have seen. And I think there's a good number of drivers and people around supercars saw the pent up demand and anticipation for them. It'll be great if they have the event three uh, three times for the next three years in the contract. And by that stage, there'll be a track built, a permanent circuit built just north of Newcastle, which would be Absolutely wonderful for then the V8s, the supercars, to transition to that new track. And that would be an ideal situation, I think, to happen. Build up a a love amongst the people of the Hunter Valley and the surrounds of Newcastle, and there they go. Anyway, that's this week's Inside Supercars. It's been wonderful to talk, to hear from Tim and uh, 
Cam Waters. Craig, look forward to talking next week as we review on what's happened over in the West. Indeed, it should be great uh, this weekend. I'm looking forward to it. Good night from me. And it's good night from him. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. Supercars.